Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw. Nice. Caught by Get Green. It, it is a yeah. touchdown. Adriel Jeremiah Green. You don't live in Cleveland. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. Welcome along. Can't quite believe that we've reached episode 73. And with me in the same room on this frosty, cold evening, it is Nathan Palmer. Nathan, good evening. Good evening, Paul. How are you doing, my son? Not too bad. As the new year, as 2020, treating Paul Hiron. Pretty dully, actually. Dully? Yeah, it's, it's a bit... I think yeah. you're a man of excitement and adventure. Um, well, I try to be, but it's just not happening this uh, <laughs> this New Year. I've been working like a like a I don't know what, like a cart horse. Like yeah, exactly right. I feel like a, a donkey. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no don't go there. I can see your face <laughs> where you're going with that one. But no, I've just been working. That's it, and I'm not complaining because last year was quite a tough year for work. So. Um, Got to, got to make hay while the sun. In fact, although the sun's not shining at all, is it? But um, yeah, it's okay. It feels a bit weird now. There's not much to talk about, is there? Or no, is no. there? Maybe there is. Yeah, or is it. there? Did you see the playoff games at the weekend? I did. I thoroughly enjoyed them both. An all red Super Bowl. An all red Super Bowl. Who, who are you sort of initially thinking about? I think it's the Chiefs. I mean, in terms of root, are you rooting in a tootin' for the Chiefs? Or? I, I I honestly like both teams. Do you, how can you like the 49ers, man? They were our, they were our main rivals oh, back I've in been, the eighties. I've been to Levi's Stadium. It's lovely stadium. Like you know, I think they play good football. You know, there's no one on the team that I don't like. Groplo's quite a slick. Disappointing. Groplo's a slick looking geezer. He's got. I can care like, about slick looking. Do you geezers. know what I mean? They run the ball well. They've got a stout defence. They you know, do run the Kyle ball. Kyle Shanahan well. is. You know, they gave him two years of him being shit, and he's turned it around. He has. And then obviously Bengals ha- take note. The Chiefs are an absolute beast. Andy Reid. You know, you've got a lot of time for Andy him. Andy Be- Andy Reed. Andy Beast is an absolute Reid. Yeah, I can tell you. <laughs> but like. I don't know. It's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be a good game. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? I think. I think. I think it's the Super Bowl that everyone wanted. Out of yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of sort of half rooting for the 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 uh, Tennessee Titans because King Henry. King Henry. He's an absolute Godzilla. Anyhow, how'd you tackle him? He, he's as well with the Titans. They're one of those teams that came got hot at the right time. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. very sort of you know like not bad just throughout the season, like nothing special, and then got in that wild card spot, and then said, right, we've had it. Let's have a go. Um, someone said something very interesting on another podcast. I can't remember which one. It, obviously, it wasn't this one because it was interesting. But um, <laughs> they said the the Titans have been playing kind of like play at football for the yeah, past six yeah. or seven games because they had to Just basically win, now, win every game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a really good point. So they came into the playoffs sort of already battle hardened and mm. they were ready to go. And it's kind of showed really they're rolling. Their offensive line's brilliant and. Uh, again, it's just really lovely to watch two or four really good teams going at each other, some great plays, and Mahomes running it in. People are going nuts about that Mahomes Wait, I run. I don't really, It was a good run. Missed tackles, though. That was a Bengals defensive effort from earlier on yeah. that last I, season. It was a good run, but people yeah, calling it... it was well, someone run. literally, I swear, called it the greatest play in play. Rich Eisen basically <laughs> ejaculated onto Twitter, I think. <laughs> And uh, called it like the best run he's ever seen in playoff history or something. Yeah, outrageous. I'm obviously yeah, yeah. 
misquoting him directly there, but um, <laughs> it, I mean, it was, it was a good run, though. Good it? run. You know, yeah. geezer's quick, like you said, some poor tackling, but it wasn't anything. I, you know, it was good. Yeah, maybe, but maybe very good. <laughs> yeah, in the situations, well, yeah, so it was very good. You're a fan of the Mahomios? Yeah, yeah, he's he's changed the position a bit, hasn't he? Like, yeah, I think so. I think that's that, a really good point. Like, you know, that a couple of years ago, you know, you, you tended to be the sort of more prototypical sort of pocket passers, and now you're seeing him, you're seeing Lamar Jackson, and the sort of not necessarily guys that are just like you know run first, but guys that can throw and you know have got a real mix of how they play the game. And I think, yeah, yeah, you know, he's uh, he's a better passer than Lamar Jackson, but he still also has that mobility to extend plays mm. and make stuff happen. And really, the supporting cast that he's got there you know Tyreek Hill you know possibly the fastest receiver in the game um, and then obviously you've got Travis Kelsey's an animal just having someone that big that can run that fast and catch the ball so yeah, well yeah Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins and Damian Williams is player. playing very well yeah. um, and you look at sort of how they brought on Nicole Hard- Hardman yeah 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 it's, um, a, it's a very very good and team. the defence Chris Jones and, and uh, yeah Frank Clark and all that. And, yeah. And they the really invested badger. in that defence. And the honey badger. Yes, well, I mean, they were invested in their defence. How would they? you feel if your nickname was was something to do with a badger? Mate, the honey badger is quite a cool name, though. Isn't is it? it? Yeah. The thing is, Google honey badger. They're horrible little things. No, I thought you were going to say they might come up with something different. Completely. No, like no, Honey no, badger no, sounds no. a bit... Yeah, it could be a bit dodgy, you know. couldn't it? They're horrible little things, though. Are They're they? really I'm scrawny a little, like, go on, Google it. It's, like, really scrawny, aggressive-looking, like... No, it's, it's not... not I mean, badgers are cool, but I see what you mean. Yeah. It's like, like an aggressive-looking skunk. Yeah, an aggressive skunk. Maybe you should just be called that instead. The aggressive skunk. Yeah, what a play by the aggressive skunk there. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in the league for a while, the geezer, hasn't he? Old, uh... Old aggressive skunk. Old aggressive skunk. <laughs> Um, yeah, is it he used to play for? Was it the Cardinals? Cardinals yeah, and then yeah, he got yeah. injured, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, same with two two safeties that got injured there in that game. Kenny Vaccaro. Oh yeah, excellent. For the Titans, yeah. and uh, he's playing really well this year. So we there were, you go. I always remember when he, Kenny, Kenny Vaccaro. I remember we were hotly tipped to draft a long time back. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, we didn't. We did not. Who did we draft in that round? Oh, I couldn't tell you. There's a pop quiz question. I couldn't tell you. Some someone now is listening to this, is screaming the answer, and they're like, "What? What? what, what you know? What wankers?" <laughs> <laughs> More so than they normally do. You googling uh, it now, I am so. googling that. He was uh, drafted by the New Orleans Saints in the 2013 NFL Draft, and I'm going to give you his uh, first round pick, wasn't he? Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, 2013, that draft. Yeah, he was drafted number 15. Um, go on then. 2013, who did we draft? I'll give you the, the position. 21. It's a good Ooh. draft, this was. This is a good draft. 2013. He's still on the team. I'll is give you he? that clue. Just. It's not Dre, is it? No. That's, no, it was later, wasn't it? In that uh, draft, we had Eric Fisher at number one. Ezekiel Ansar. Tyler Eifert. There you go, he's banged it. Tyler Eifert, yeah. Sheldon yeah, Richardson, yeah. Eric Reed. Tyler Eifert at 21. And for a bonus point, who do we pick uh, in round two, I wonder? Oh, don't do this to me. Um... Actually, Tyron Matthew was in that draft as well in round three. The aggressive skunk. That's a good pick, isn't it? Getting the aggressive oh, skunk yeah, in yeah. round three. <laughs> we are basically going to call him that now, aren't we? Round two. 
not Margus Hunt. No, someone oh. much better than that. He is still on the team and he's uh, still... In the second round he's still on the team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick, pick 37, but we moved up. Uh, f- uh, we traded with Oakland for the pick. Oh. Some strange noises. We traded up. It was between Darius Slay and Manti Teo. He's a running back. We've met him. Oh, Gio. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know we traded up for Gio. Yeah, we did. Darius oh, Slay and who else? Darius Slay and who? Sorry. <laughs> oh, this has gone really high. Uh, Darius Slay, he's, he was sandwiched. How's this? A Geo sandwich. Darius Slay and Manti Teo. Both, de- both had de- decent, not too bad. Teo, not amazing, but mm. yeah, interesting. Sean Williams in round three of the 2013 That's a good draft. draft. Isn't it? That's a good draft, that is. Oh, yeah, I told you. Sean Poor in round four, not some not much. So he good. didn't last very long. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, well, we're still here in 2013. Uh, Tanner Hawkinson. Oh, bloody hell. That's a blast from tackle. the past. And uh, Rex Burkhead in number six. He's still knocking about. Uh, and after Ra- Rex, Rax, Rax Burkhead was Bakari Rambo, one of the best-known players ever. Uh, or Bacardi Rambo, as I like to call him. And in round seven, we selected... Anyway, it's not really interesting. This is a the Cincinnati minute. 2013 archive. I know. Episode. Throwback. Yeah, um, where did we even, how did we even get to that? We were talking about players in the playoffs yeah, and stuff. We yeah. were talking about the aggressive skunk, weren't we? Yeah, and we were. Um, so, yes, what about so you, I, son? What are you thinking about, like, looking at the game? Well, the Super Bowl. Who's your, who's your pick? Who do you want to win? Well, we'll do, do that, we'll do that next week because we, we're going to do our traditional Super Bowl preview, which, is, which sounds grander than it is. It's just me and Nathan just talking nonsense about the game. But um, I can never get behind the 49ers. No, you just never, never. I, I wasn't, too I wasn't old enough, son. Too you got yeah, the PTSD, right, right, didn't you? Right, I got, I'm still there. Too, still yeah, there. Two times, yeah. I quite, yeah, I got no issues with the 49ers, really. <sighs> I can't I'm believe it. Too young. It's like all these people banging on about the Bills, how amazing our relationship with the Bills oh, are. Yeah. But come on, I used to hate the Bills, man. Yeah. Marbly. Anyway, uh, I'm not bitter at all. Um, oh, got a bit, you can tell this new year ain't been kind to you, has it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to rant. Uh, your hands going your back and you just I know, I'm like leaning into the, into the mic, you know. Just getting your, you're getting your two pence across. Absolutely. Um, right, well, what we've got for you, apart from more inane chat from me and Nathan, <laughs> uh, we've got some of that, obviously. Um, we do have a guest today, a special guest, not just a guest. We've got uh, Cincy Jungle's Matt Minnick, and if you know him, on Twitter, uh, he's fantastic. He does some fantastic uh, video breakdowns. He did a great one of uh, Lou Anarumu's scheme, and uh, he also did a fantastic one on. I realise that I've used the word fantastic quite a lot in that uh, intro, but he did he did a really good breakdown of Fred Johnson. I think that's really fantastic well. breakdown. Of Fred it was Johnson. a fantastic. So we do have the fantastic uh, Matt Minnick coming up, and he's one of the, he's one of the nice guys, mate. On on Twitter, he's not your normal snarky bedroom analyst. He's he knows what he's talking about. Former coach, he he knows his onions. Stand up geezer. Stand up onion geezer. Nice. He's got a lot of onions and he knows them. Fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's got fantastic <laughs> onions. Uh, anyway, um, there's a few news bits before we get to uh, the fantastic Matt and. Um, it looks as though the Bengals have gone into Mobile, Alabama. Um, uh, with a full coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, you've got to hope, you know, that 
the experience for the Bengals will serve them well. You know, getting to know some of the players up up close and personal, seeing a bit more about them, having some chats. And I, you know, I'm sure the last time when Marvin was coaching it, there was a couple of players there that you know we did end up going with. So I think you'd imagine. I think with the the coaching staff there, that there'll be at least one player there they'll have their eye on, or a few players, and one of which could end up on the team. Um, obviously, the big news. Joseph Burrow. Um, oh yeah, no, we haven't mentioned what I was talking about was the two new coaching hires. Not, oh right, sorry, I thought we were talking about. We've we gone all over the place here, and <laughs> I got too excited. So oh, no, it's calm I've down. I've gone too early. Uh, that's, yeah, again, I two went. pumps and it was over. <laughs> oh my lord, bring it back, Nathan. Bring it back. Um, right, yes. So Al Golden and uh, Steve Jackson have been experienced hired by the Bengals to round off their coaching staff so they're nice and unlike last year there's no mad scramble to get coaches we're going to go into the senior bowl uh, with a settled staff now which I think you know was one of the problems last year actually and as you say they're experienced they're not some kind of whippersnappers that uh, were just pulled in off the street um they're 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 two fifty year old gentlemen. That's still quite young today. Yeah, Mark, it's not like super. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you know. I don't know who's the oldest coach in the NFL at the moment. I can't think. Oh, that's a good question. Oldest. Yeah, who is the oldest coach in the NFL? There's another point. It's turned into trivia a tonight, isn't it? <laughs> Andy Reid's got to be fairly old. Pete, uh, Pete Carroll's quite. Yeah, old. I reckon it could be Pete. Uh, Pete Carroll. Pete I reckon's in his sixties, yeah. late sixties. You're goddamn right. It Pete is Carroll. Pete Carroll. Hey, there you go. And he is 68. Yeah. He's good for 68, isn't he? <clears throat> Very good. Although apparently uh, Seahawks Twitter are um, rounding on Pete Carroll. Leave it out. They are. Really? Yeah, yeah, they don't like the way... They think he sort of shackles Russell too much. And uh, Sh- um, uh, Schottenheim, the offensive coordinator, just... Is not that creative, really, and they think they've got more talent. You see, isn't it funny? You know, we live in this Bengals bubble all year round, and we're kind of moaning about uh, this and that, and every other fan base is moaning about their team. Yeah. They've all, everyone's got something about something, right? Is that phrase of like, don't you don't miss something until it's gone or something? Yeah, you know? yeah, so I know. Like when you've got yeah, like yeah, you, you take yeah. something for granted, and then once it's gone, you're like, oh yeah, no, it's gone. Yeah, and like, because I think yeah. with Pete Carroll, he's given them such. They really should have had back-to-back Super Bowls, which would have been absolutely absurd. And every year they're competitive. Every year they make a playoff run, yeah. play exciting football. You know, but I don't there know. Doesn't doesn't satisfy everyone, son? Does it? It does not. No, and. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, we've got these coaches on board. I say we've got a settled staff going into Mobile. Um, before you get to your exciting Joe Burrow news, there's another bit of Burrow news. Adam Schefter, who's not had a brilliant record with exclusives with the Bengals yeah, yeah. in recent years, um, he tweeted out that, uh, per source... Um, filed to ESPN. Filed to ESPN. Um that the Bengals are very unlikely, in fact, the Bengals have no intention of trading away that number one pick. Um, so that will probably make a lot of people happy. All the indications now are very strongly pointing towards it, far more so even than when we did this pod a week ago. You know, you've got Adam Schefter coming out and saying that, you've got um, Joe Burrow's father coming out and saying, you know, he's happy 
Joe will be happy with whoever he goes to. Joe Burrow coming out and saying, basically, whoever's going to pay me and picks me, I'm going to play for them. Which, you know, when we talked to Jay the week before, that was almost a concern. A concern of mine is, you know, would he be happy to, you know, go back there? I know he was at Ohio State and he's from Athens, Ohio, but, you know, would that work? And I think it came out in the last week that his girlfriend is actually from Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Which is, uh, you know, a nice little connection there. And obviously, you know, for them being about, what, a couple of hours from... Yeah, the Bengals stadium's yeah, a big yeah. thing. So I don't think we'll have to worry about him, you know, pulling a sort of, I don't want to play for the Bengals, I'm not going no, to hold out. No, he's never worried about so that. Really. But it's still it's something... very rare you It is rare. But I guess you always just, you know, you with anything... A, you it's wanna, the Bengals, isn't it? Yeah. So you worry about that kind of thing. But I think, you know, in terms of the trade, let's just... Because I know people are chatting on Twitter and there's been lots of like, well, what about if they offer 10 first-round picks and all of that? So, obviously, Burrow... An amazing prospect, one of the best in a long time. We need a quarterback, really. I mean, we've got a quarterback on the roster that's not awful, but really, you know, I think a lot of, most fans will agree. Probably time for an upgrade. Probably time for some fresh legs. Yeah, yeah. With this in mind, is there any circumstances in which you would entertain a trade, my son? No. No. Well, you say any circumstances, but it would have to be like a couple of firsts this year. And a couple, you know, a second or another second, whatever, you know, and then maybe a first, ne- well, definitely a first next year, and a second and some other. I don't know. It just so ready, ready. Let's play this out. You're, you're you or Duke Tobin and Mike Brown, a fusion of the two men, right? Okay. And you're sat in your office and you yeah. hear brr, brr, and it's the Miami Dolphins. And it's a cat in the corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Go on. And I'm on the blow. I said, Paul. It's Nathan here from Miami. I'm offering you our three first round picks, five, I think one's 24, 27, something like that. I'm offering you three first rounders. I'm offering you two second rounders, which means the Bengals would have three first rounders and three second rounders because they'd have their own. I'm offering you two first rounders next year. So that's five first round picks, two second round picks this year. Well, as I say, I. I think if you'd have asked me that in sort of say mid, early to mid December, I think I might have said yes, uh, because you know you are it is a it is the best way to build a roster and that to accrue picks and use your uh, because if they're going to trade Dalton, they're probably going to get something for him. What what they get, I don't know, and what they get more crucially, I think with the Bengals, is what they value him at and. I mean, you listen to Duke Tobin today, and he quite rightly said they want to do something. If they decide to move on from Andy Dalton, they want uh, they want the new situation to be beneficial to him and beneficial for them. And he was banging on about the fact that he is still a proven winning quarterback. You know, so I trouble I don't think you're going to get much more than a third for Dalton. But I know that's not yeah, your yeah, question. Yeah. Um, Five first-round picks, and bear in mind, one of those first-round picks is only four spots after the pick that you're giving yeah, away. Yeah, so you could probably pick you two. You could get or... two, or possibly, or you certainly you know, could trade, but whatever you wanted to do to pick up. I mean, the thing is, I'll let you answer, but you've got to think to yourself, and I'm not saying I'd do it, but five first-round picks. Yeah, I know. Um, you I... almost guarantee three starters out of that for a long time. Yeah, I know. It's, Good ver- it's really tempting, actually. Um... And the two seconds. I just think, uh, as I said before, I think last week, it just feels like the stars have aligned for this one. 
we need a new quarterback. We're picking number one. A quarterback who's just had an historically record-breaking season for his college looks like a million dollars. There's no guarantee that he's... You know, you look at Jamarcus Russell and all these first rounds. Yeah, yeah. You look even at people who went very, very high, like you know Carson Wentz and people like that. They haven't exactly. You know, it is. I'm Wentz, saying yeah, it, yeah. There's Ro- an element. Ro- Rosen, even Josh Allen. Yeah, Darnold, they're, they're, top ten quarterbacks. Yeah, there's an element of risk, but Absolutely. The, none of those guys were historically good at college. Though they were very, very good, and mm. a lot of them Heisman Trophy winners, no doubt. But this, this, it just feels right to me, really. Ohio base, as you mentioned. Um, or sort of Ohio native, really brilliant college career. He's going to be there at number one. We're picking number one, and we need a quarterback. You know, it would be different if we. It would obviously be different if we didn't need a quarterback, but we do. Mm. You know, I would actually say yes to that if we didn't. If say, for instance, Dalton was playing well, um, I I would perhaps I would perhaps bite your hand off See, for that. The devil's advocate, I guess. Is and I don't think many people are singing this song, but we're talking on the basis of three, five first round picks mm. and two second round picks, which would be, you know, one of the biggest, probably the biggest trade ever for something like that. And you think to yourself, by drafting Burrow, you've got a risk of, like you said, quite rightly, there's a risk there. And people are talking about Burrow, and I think people are naturally excited, absolutely every reason to be excited, but we have to limit it. In, yeah, I agree. Because I think next that's the year, one that was driving me nuts. That's the, yeah. what was driving me nuts. The yeah, hype. Yeah. It was just getting out of hand. Because I'm not being funny, right? You got at the moment you've got Dalton on the roster, and he's probably, as we always say, the meridian for quarterbacks. Probably bang about 16th, 17th in the league. You'd say, right, with a decent surrounding supporting cast. It will be very, very, very unlikely, right? And I think this is where we've got to set. Well, I'm going to set expectations. It's unlikely Joe Burrow is going to be much better than that next year in his rookie season. Mm. Most quarterbacks aren't. I mean, you look at Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick. He had a pretty good year, but Arizona still, you know, only won four or five games. It wasn't any, you know, he looks good. He'd probably be a very, very good player. But it's not just, there's, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but it's very unlikely Joe Burrow's coming into the league are going to be a top five, eight quarterback in year one. Yeah, and I think I think everyone should temper their expectations. Absolutely. Because... The fact that he's going to be some sort of saviour, I'm really uncomfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. Really but uncomfortable with that. Um, and as I said last week, you know, I hope that if he has a rookie season as good as Dalton's rookie season... Well, I mean, you take that you all day. You take that all day. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Would you take it? I probably... No, I wouldn't. I don't think... I mean, the, the magnitude of that offer is tempting because, like I said, by taking Burrow, you're taking a risk because if he's yeah. not good and you've banked all your cards on him and he just doesn't play that well, he doesn't fit in, he, you know, whatever. He just yeah, doesn't yeah. translate. Because yeah. he has only had one proper year. Yeah, It's not right. like he's been absolutely banging it for three years. It's one year. and You know, he's looked very, very good. Like you said, historic numbers. You have five first-round picks and two second-round picks, right, on that deal. I mean, really, even if you drafted badly, and a lot of people on Twitter are like, oh, the Bengals, or you can't trust them to draft anyone. The Bengals had a few good drafts, and you know, just by default and habits being sat there and having those picks in those rounds, you'd bank to get yourself at least four quality starters. Yeah. Probably, yeah. if you did well, five or six starters and at least one rotational player out yeah, there, yeah. even if you had a bust or two. Yeah. And that's almost guaranteed, because if you've got those, I mean, anyone, you could auto-draft it, you could do whatever you ask Madden on it, yeah, and yeah. you're 
still bound to get a, a trio of very good quality players for a long time yeah, on yeah. rookie, you know, on friendly deals and stuff like that. So it, it would obviously be tempting because it's safe. You're not going to bust on seven picks or six mm. picks or five mm. realistically just mm. by you know how it goes every year. So there, there obviously is a temptation there by anything because really what you're getting back is much better. Mm. Than typically you you know the draft would work out to be in positions like that. So I don't know. I wouldn't take it because I think like you no. said, it, the stars are aligned. We need a quarterback. Joe Burrow, if he's a good player and does well, and he's a franchise quarterback, could be good for fifteen years. Could take us to multiple playoffs and Super Bowls. Yeah. And you know the argument will be those other players might not. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah, it's food for thought. I mean, there's going to be a lot of chat, isn't there, between now and the draft? Um, people talking. Because there's not that much to talk about, really. Mm. So people tend to talk themselves, talk about issues round and round so much that they end up talking themselves out of their original yeah, opinion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Would you have any interest, obviously, you know, along those lines, Joe Brady, Joe Burrows, um, offensive coordinator at LSU, has gone to the Panthers as offensive they coordinator. They just don't have the draft capital. To say, say they offered you Cam Newton, would you have any interest no, in that? No, You wouldn't? No. Well, you've got to think about his contract, yeah. what, what he's earning. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. You've got to think about his injuries, his yeah. age, the tread on his tyres. Yeah. Um, he's, he's in a bit of a similar situation to AJ, isn't he, really? Yeah, yeah, He's been off for a year or out for a year. So, no, I wouldn't. No, I think I, it's time for some fresh blood. And I know, think Miami are realistically the only team with the capital. Absolutely. But I think they will probably go for Tua. I mean, because they've got the draft capital, they're going to say, well, why the hell would... It's a, bit, it's a bigger risk, obviously. I still think if two is healthy, I think he could be at least as good as Joe Burrow. Yeah, well, we'll I really do. There's no health concerns there. I mm. think he could be. I think he's a fantastic we player. See. Mm. Right, it's time for our fantastic special guest now. Uh, yes, we do have a special guest this week. And in this episode, we have Cincy Jungle's film breakdown analyst, type of person i think that's all right isn't it matt it's matt minnick matt welcome to cincinnati hey glad to be here thanks for having me well matt uh obviously we we are in full kind of draft mode even though the super bowl is hasn't been played or staged yet but we just can't help it because potentially uh it's quite an, a, an exciting draft for the bengals uh how are you feeling about it all I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited right now. I think uh, it was a tough season. Um, I, I was hoping for more out of Zach Taylor and company uh, in their first year. But, um, you know, definitely feeling good about the prospects moving forward. And, you know, the idea of making the change at the quarterback position, I, I, big time, uh, you know, long term Andy Dalton fan. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I always believed that we could win with him. Um, but it's it's just time to move on, and you know there's a there's a really good one staring us right in the face right now. We'll get to we'll get to Joe Burrow in a minute, which is feels like a catchphrase that I've been saying on this podcast for quite, quite a while <laughs> now. But um, I'm interested as a, as a former coach, you know your onions, and um, I'm interested why I'm sure. Listen, we all know that there were kind of myriad problems uh, with the team and surrounding the team this year, both on and off the field. But um, training your coach's eye onto proceedings on the field, mm. where what, what was the biggest problem? Do you think? What could you kind of narrow it down to one or two things that happened 
you know, I, I really think that it, they were just very slow to adapt. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I don't I hope that that is a new coaching staff thing. Uh, but really all around, um, you know, it felt like they didn't do great late in the draft. Uh, and we know that the Bengals are, are a team that relies heavily on their coaching staff uh, for scouting. Mm. And, you know, they didn't get started until after the Super Bowl because Zach Taylor was coaching the Super Bowl, so they didn't even have a staff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think they were a little bit behind the curve in that. And, and we saw that they, they didn't do a great job uh, with some of those later round picks. Uh, but then, you know, turn around and – they're signing, uh, you know, uh, UD, uh, undrafted free agents. Excuse me, uh, like Damian Willis, like uh, like Morgan, yeah. uh, and uh, pulling Fred Johnson. Uh, yeah. You know, who was a who was a guy uh, with the Steelers. You know, pulling him off of the, off of the Steelers uh, practice squad when he got cut. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's like they were a little slow on that, and I'm I'm hoping that this year. Because right now they are focused, and actually right now they're in Mobile, Alabama, uh, you know, getting ready to coach the Senior Bowl. Uh, but but because they're focused on the scouting, I'm hoping that it's going to be a better draft, uh, you know, and and deeper into the draft as well this year. Um, and as far as on the field, I think it's the same thing. Um, the offensive line was atrocious at the beginning of the year, and you know they 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 played Seattle uh, at the beginning of the season. And Bobby Wagner is the number one or number two best linebacker in the league. He's the number one now that, that Luke Keekley was retired. Sure, sure. Uh, and they literally, I, I swear, they didn't block him that entire game. <laughs> uh, you know, it was it, it was like they were they were so coached to make sure that they handled the defensive line that they weren't getting off and working up to the linebackers. Yeah. Uh, but as the year went on, you know, they got better at that. Uh, as the year went on, too, they, they started running. Uh, they were running primarily zone scheme, mm. uh, you know, with all the offensive line working in the same direction to the side of the play. Which is, uh, which, which is something that Taylor bought. I mean, that was one of the things that we were told that Taylor was going to bring over from the Rams, right? Yes. Yep. And, and, and it has been a big thing uh, for the Bengals in the past. Actually, uh, Paul Alexander, uh, former offensive line mm. coach for the Bengals, he is, you know, well known and established as as a as an outside zone, inside zone guru. Mm. Um, you know, he's he's one of the one of the big authorities on how to run that scheme. Mm. Um, and honestly, I think that was part of his downfall was when they switched to run a little bit more zone scheme. I don't think he was as good at, at coaching that. Um, and you know, but but this year they did start to transition a little bit. Uh, you know, particularly with the the outside toss play where they were getting yeah, guys yeah. in the move, uh, pulling some guys around. And it was much better, you know, for this offensive line, helped to set some things up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they, they, you know, the offensive line kind of adapted like that. I think defensively, they were a little slow to learn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we saw Jesse Bates in, in some bad positions. We saw the, you know, the corners in some bad positions. I think a lot of the, a lot of the plays the Bengals gave up, a lot of the big plays the Bengals gave up. Um, it wasn't that they didn't have the athletes; they were just terribly you know out of position mm. so you know whether it's you know they it was completely different from what they were doing what they're looking at or and rumo's scheme is maybe a little complex and it took them some time to get the hang of it i don't i don't know but they got better uh, you know so really i think the defense and the offensive line were, were two areas that have we've been very critical of and, and rightfully so mm. but if you look at the last you know four to six weeks of the season 
both were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they need they need some changes. It'd be nice to have some personnel changes at both, um, and, and to see some improvement out of, out of some key players. But they've got they've got uh, you know they showed some potential in that spot. Uh, you know, and I think both Anarumo, um uh, as the the defensive coordinator and, and Jim Turner, you know, I think they they did some good things improving during the season. So hopefully this year, you know, getting the full off season, having the OTAs, and having a lot of guys coming back, um, we'll we'll see some better stuff out of those groups. Absolutely, I think you're bang on with all that. Um, um, okay, so we we come into this draft, and I think it's a unless they they miss a spectacular own goal, uh, as we say over here, or a, miss a, an easy slam dunk. They are going to draft Joe Burrow at number one. I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous if they don't. We need a quarterback, as you mentioned, you know, off air, you know, a kind of, uh, you're an Andy Dalton fan, and, you know, it looks as though he's going to be moving on. It's time for a new quarterback. There's one sitting there right at the top of the draft. We are at the top of the draft. We, we I think I'm pretty confident in saying that we will be drafting Joe Burrow. Um but still, Bengals fans are nervous about that. It's almost as if they don't trust the Bengals with that number one pick and just to score that open goal. Uh, so let, let, let's try and make Bengals fans a little bit better. Um, so I'm going to give you one concern, and hopefully you can chip in and, and, and see what you think about this. The Bengals will trade their number one pick. What are you saying about that? What would make you trade? Does it make any sense whatsoever at this stage? What are your feelings on that statement? It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I'm of the, I'm of the thought that the worst time to draft a quarterback is when you need a quarterback. Right. Um, but at the same time, you can't not draft a quarterback when you need one that's one staring right, you right in the face. Mm. Um, so you know they need to be honest and, and objective in the way that they're they're looking at Burrow. You know, and I think that. All of us on the outside have identified him as the franchise guy. Sure. Um, you know they need to take a step back and 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 you know as if they don't need him, so they can make that evaluation properly. Um, but you know I really think it's the case, and, and I, I think that that has already you know been pretty much determined uh, that they know he's the guy. And at the end of the day, um, he's he's not going to be this this you know um, magic pill you know that's going to all of a sudden make them a Super Bowl contender. Uh, that I, I think some think he's going to be. Mm. Um, they need to they need to continue to do some things, build the team, build the culture uh, around him. Um, but when you have an opportunity to take that guy, nothing's worth it to pass it up. Mm. You know, nothing nothing's work, worth it. Um, and then you look at you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they're going to the Super Bowl, and you know they were a very good team before Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, uh, but. Alex Smith wasn't taking that team uh, to where they are now, mm. you know. So that's you know to me the quarterback is kind of he's the guy that pushes you over the end edge that that you know kind of takes you from good to great. Um, unfortunately, you know we're we're bad. <laughs> you know, yeah. We're going to get that guy and be bad, um, and uh, you know we're going to have to have to build the rest of around. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball on that, um, and but you you can't pass up on that guy because. You don't know if you're ever going to get another opportunity, and and you know a lot of other teams to get that guy, they have to give up a lot, mm. uh, you know. And and you know I mentioned uh, Kansas City, you know they had to trade up, giving up another first round pick to get Mahomes. You know Watson had to, uh, they had to move up with the Texans to get Watson. Uh, 
with uh, uh, with the Bills. You know, they had to move up and, and give up some things to get Josh Allen. Mm. Uh, and you know, if, at the end of the day, you're going to give up a lot to get this guy. Uh, so you know, what are you going to get? You know, to 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 give up the chance of this guy when when it fell in your lap when it's free, um, it, it, it's just crazy. Okay, um, Joe Burrow had a scheme and the players to suit him at LSU and allowed him to flourish, and he won't have that kind of scheme, or neither <laughs> scheme nor playing personnel at the Bengals. What do you say to that? Well, a few things. Um, number one, I I don't look at stats. You know, and, and like burrows are ridiculous, but kind of my method um, for for scouting, for looking at players, the, the first thing I do is watch film. Hmm. Um, and while I'm watching film, I try to ignore stats and I try to ignore anybody else talking about players. Now, that is completely impossible with Joe Burrow because everybody was talking about him already. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I couldn't rule that out. But the idea is I, at first I want to get my own opinion uh and i and i i want to judge the film for the film without any outside influences and then at the end of the day i go back and i look at the things that are around him i look at the scheme you know i look at what other people are saying and if other people are seeing problems that i'm not i go back and i watch more film Mm. um you know if a player doesn't have production uh you know the you know if, if I'm watching film of a quarterback, and then I find out that he, you know, he, like I, I'm thinking some good things about him, and then I, then I realize, ooh, he didn't throw very many touchdowns. Oh, you know, that's that's a low completion percentage. Mm-hmm. I go back and I try and figure out that that stuff. Why? Um, so I try and rule out all those factors, and I think with Burrow, yes, he has got a lot of talent around him, uh, but at the end of the day, you want to rule those things out. Um, so. His completion percentage and his all the numbers he's putting up, part of that is that he's got a lot of players around him. You mm-hmm. know, from the offensive line to the skill players, um, you know, to you know, he's got a lot of great pass catchers there. Um, but when you watch film of a prospect, to me, you don't you don't say, "Wow, look at that touchdown." You're looking at the throw, and it doesn't matter how open the guy is. Um, you know, you want to see some tight window throws. Um, but if he's wide open and you hit him right in stride, that's still you know placing the ball perfectly downfield. Mm. Um, they've got a very good offensive line there. Uh, they won the award as the best offensive line uh, in the country, and you know as a unit they won that award. So great offensive line. But we have seen him move around in the pocket. We have seen him scramble and make plays downfield. So maybe you're not seeing that with him as, as much as, as you might with another quarterback that doesn't have that offensive line, but you're still seeing those things. Mm. So, you know, to me, it's, a, it's about it's a, and it's it, it's difficult to do, but it's about trying to focus on specifically where's you know, what's this player doing? What are the things that he is directly impacting doing? You know, and if he throws a great ball downfield and it gets dropped, you know, and that, that's been one of the things with Herbert. He doesn't have the supporting cast. Mm. Well, look at look at the ball. You know, <laughs> look at the player and look at the ball. And when, once it gets to the receiver, I don't really care what happens with it there. Right, you know, yeah, 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 that's got yeah. that's got nothing to do uh, with anything. Um, if it's placed in a position for that guy to, you know, to make the catch and to be able to rack it uh, or, you know, run after the catch. That's what I want to see. Um, so you kind of have to rule out some of those things. Okay. Um, now, in terms of the scheme, like 
there's some very good, you know, they're, they're doing some very good things with scheme. Um, we brought in an offensive minded head coach that we're hoping is going to do some very good things with scheme as well. Mm. Um, you know, we've, we've got uh, Callahan uh, as the offensive coordinator that we're, we're expecting that mind trust between Callahan and, and Taylor to come up with a lot. Mm. Um, honestly, during the course of the year, I didn't think they did enough to, you know, like I said, they were slow to adapt. I didn't think they did enough to get players open, particularly in the red zone. Mm. Um, so that's a concern with the staff. But taking it back to Burrow, you know, I look at I look at um, that championship game, and people complained that Burrow was looking at the sidelines for checks, mm. which number one, everybody does. Right. Uh, so, um, and you know, I've also, you know, Nick Saban said something in the pregame that that he was getting the coverages. He wasn't necessarily getting the checks. You know, impossible to know. That's a question that the Bengals should be asking in their one-on-ones with him, though. Mm. Uh, you know, what was his relationship there? But I actually, I don't feel terrible about that mm. because they missed a lot of things in that game. Um, you know, the, obviously LSU had a great game, um, but there were times when uh, they were running to the wrong side of the formation. You, you, you look at the formation, they, uh, the, the defense would be stacked on one side and they're running right into it and not getting any yards. Mm. You know, that's something that it should be built into the offense and the quarterback should be able to see to run that play in the other direction uh, when there's going to be going to be an open situation there. Um, same thing, Clemson had some, some bad edges in their defense. Uh, what I mean by that is they were playing so much man mm. that – Often their their secondary contained player or the, the player that's responsible for the edge other than the defensive end, um, he was playing man coverage. Mm. So you really can't do those two responsibilities at once. Mm. So they, they could have done more to play action and run the ball in the or excuse me to run the ball on the outside. You know, with running those defensive backs off, and there would have been some opportunities there. So I definitely saw some things in that game where I was like, man, I wish they would have adapted faster. Right. Uh, so uh, you know. Honestly, I think we're, if we're looking at, you know, Joe Brady and and uh, and Joe Burrow, um, you know, I think their their success is uh, is tied to both. Obviously, but I don't think it's it, it's fair to say that that uh, Joe Brady was this incredible coach that, that created Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I think it's a it's a group effort, uh, and I wouldn't I wouldn't knock uh, Burrow for any of that. Okay, I mean, you, you kind of answered, I was going to ask you about Brady and also uh, Burrow's arm strength, which is also a, a thing that people have been bringing up, uh, but you kind of answered them there. Um, how about this one? Finally, we've got about five minutes left. Um, I want to talk to you about Fred Johnson and, and what, who are the players that are catching your eye this early in the process uh, in terms of the draft. Um, our final sort of statement that I've been hearing uh, because Joe Burrow doesn't like Skyline, he won't be a success in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am—I uh, could not be less concerned about that. <laughs> okay, good man. Right. I think, I, you know what? If, if he takes this, if he wins a playoff game for this team, uh, people will eat, will eat their their Cincinnati chili wherever he tells them to. Absolutely right. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Matt is is a really good follow on Twitter. Uh, it's he's at Coach Minick. That's uh, M-I-N-I-C-H, and you can find him on Cincy Jungle, of course, as well. Um, but you did some terrific work on Fred Johnson. And um, uh, just real quick, uh, Matt, because obviously the, still people are saying we've got a draft offensive line early in the draft. We've got it. Obviously, we're getting Jonah Williams back. 
people are still on about the offensive line. Um, I don't think they're going to go too heavy on the offensive line in the draft unless it, you know, it's a BPA situation. Um, I don't think they are either. Um, you know, and I, I've been watching the offensive line going back and looking at, at what they've done over the course of the year, yeah. the development they've made. I, I think there have been some improvements. Um, personally, I would love to take a tackle high, and I would love to get a guard as well. Mm. Um, but I don't think we're going to see a tackle on in the first two days of the draft. Mm. Um, I, I get the feeling that they're definitely okay with Hart. I don't know if Cordy Glenn's going to be there or not, but that they probably feel good about Johnson, at least as a backup or a swing guy. And then they have Jonah Williams coming back. I don't think they're going to go with a tackle in the draft. Um, guard, I could see. Mm. Um, you know, But they do have two young guys. Uh, how do they feel about Price and Jordan's development? Mm. Um, we're, we have labeled uh, on the outside Price as a bust. Uh, have they given up on him? You know, remains to be seen. So, um, you know, they've got Miller there as well. And, you know, Miller definitely had some struggles. Um, I could see adding a guy into that equation, mm. maybe in the middle of the draft somewhere. Mm. Um, but I, I don't like I would love to get a, a tackle around, two because I think there's going to be some good ones there. Mm. Um, and but I, I don't I don't see I don't see it happening. I don't think it's in the cards. And I just think, you know, with Johnson's hugely impressive uh albeit with a very small sample size, hugely impressive kind of game and a half that he played uh, mm-hmm. against the Dolphins and the Browns. I mean, he really was terrific. And I really do urge you guys out there to go and have a look at uh, Matt's evaluation of, of Fred Johnson because that was terrific. Um, do you think Fred has, a, has the ability and the capability to become a starter next year? I think he does. Um, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't count on it. I wouldn't depend on it. Uh, you know, I guess the good news is that they have Hart there at least. You know, if they're going to give him a chance to compete at right, at right tackle, at least they have Hart to fall back on. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he definitely shows some really good flashes. Um, you know, big guy, moves well, has a, has a ton of potential uh, in pass protection. I think he just he overextends himself, uh, kind of gets his, his body in front of his feet sometimes and, and kind of can lose balance and lose guys, particularly mm-hmm. in the run game. Um, but I, I think he could be a huge steal mm, mm. and a steal from the Steelers, which is even well, better. Well, yeah, double whammy <laughs> right there, right? Um, okay, just just to wrap this up, um, you did uh, you put on a little piece of film of the wide receiver Antonio Gandhi-Golden and you were raving about him. Um, you mentioned some linebackers, Kenneth Money, Murray, beg your pardon, Patrick Queen, Jordan Brooks. Who who are the players that you're looking at? Uh, any anybody kind of tickling your fancy at the moment? You know, Patrick Queen is a guy I've I've been looking at uh, during the course of the season, and, and I think people are finally getting caught up after that championship game on how good he is. Um, I I think he is a he is a possibility in round two. Um, I don't know if Murray's going to last that long mm. uh, unless Queen jumps him. Um, but just the way this draft class fell with linebackers and, and uh, you know, Dylan Moses specifically staying in school, um, I don't know if Murray's going to be around. But, I mean, Murray's a guy that, that, that can flat out run too. So, uh, you know, those guys are some good ones. I think a little deeper in the class, uh, Cam Brown from Penn State, um, Akeem Davis-Gaithier from uh, mm-hmm. Appalachian State, uh, and uh, Justin uh, Strard from, uh, from Wake Forest. You know, very athletic, uh, you know, very talented guys that I think that you could get in the middle, maybe even some of those guys towards the end of the draft. Mm. 
Well, this is the season we're going to have a barrage of names from all sorts of people, all sorts of analysts, and goodness yeah. knows where and what. It's kind of exciting. Um, so uh, maybe we'll get you on again after the draft, Matt, yeah. to see what you think about their haul. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, main... and, and you mentioned, too, about yeah. the, uh, you know, I, I did a piece recently uh, on their front. They're moving guys around so much that, mm. you know, linebackers are, are somewhat – playing edge you know they're they're moving those guys around sam hubbard was playing mike linebacker he's playing off the ball linebacker sometimes um you know so there's guys like zach bond from from uh wisconsin that could be a good fit as well uh kendall coleman from syracuse uh carter coughlin from minnesota like a lot of like real they need moving pieces you know i I think that's what lou anaroma wants from everything I've, i've i've seen out of them this year i think they want guys uh in that front seven uh, and really front eight, you know, throw the strong safety in there too, uh, that they can use as moving pieces, line up in different spots, get good matchups in in, uh, uh, in, in the pass rush, um, you know, and do some different things. But I, I think it could be really exciting, especially if they add a couple more pieces to that area. Absolutely. Matt, thank you so much for the time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, um, and we'll catch up soon, yeah? All right, sounds good. Go Bengals. Well, that was Matt Minnick there, and... Um... Nathan's eating something. Mate, geezers, what you tell us, son, what you've done. Well, yeah, you better finish off eating. Um, I bought him a bag of skips after our last... Uh, oh, mate. They're going down like a tree. I haven't had a bag of skips in a long time. They're mate. really good, mate, aren't they? They just melt. They're like really... They're like eating fishy air. Oh, you literally just like press them on the top of your mouth. The they roof just dissolve. Just let them dissolve. That's it. Oh, yeah. Well, I ain't going to get any, anything. Go on, son. Have some of the good stuff. Uh, great interview with Matt there. Sorry it was a bit long, but, um, you know, Matt's, Matt's really good. And he was basically saying the same. So he's very much in on Burrow, obviously, which is kind of good to hear. Yeah. And he said some really interesting things about what was going wrong, really, last year. And you know, some of it was schemes. Some of it was the fact that, uh, you know, the coaching staff were assembled just so late in the process. And I don't think they... They knew what they were kind of getting themselves into, really. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. So thank you to Matt. We'll get him back on again. Um, we have got time for some uh, uh, correspondence. Uh, you can reach us, as ever, at Hooday underscore UK uh, on Twitter and Bengals UK on uh, Facebook. So we're going to start off by, with, or rather, uh, Stuart Davis at Dutch Bath. Solid handle. A lot of the focus is on ra- on the ra- uh, the round one pick, but who do you think we will go for in the second round? Uh, lots of talk about wide receiver Justin Jefferson at LSU. Could this be the Dalton Green for the next generation? I would like... I mean, it's going to depend on what we do in free agency. Do we go yeah, and really get a is, wide yeah. receiver? Do you get a safety? Do you get a linebacker? Do you get an offensive tackle? Maybe a guard. There's rumours, you know, I don't know. I would like to see a linebacker. I think to bring in a young linebacker to sort of support what we've got at the moment, I think really, really essential. I think we've got Jonah Williams coming back. We don't know what's going to happen with Cordy Glenn on the line. I think a linebacker would be really useful. If anyone fell out the first round, I think it'd be a really good uh, pickup. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think we'll pick. Up, I think as as Jay said last week, I think they'll probably pick up Nick Vigil again. Yeah, and you got Jermaine Pratt. What's going to happen to Jordan Evans? Mm. And um, 
uh, Hardy Nickerson, who who knows? But uh, we, we do... definitely need some more depth there. Yeah, and 100%. Pratt played well at the end of last season. He definitely came on. He made some really strong plays, and I think that's really encouraging. But yeah, there's no studs yet. Pratt yeah. could be visual. You know what you're getting. I think visual is probably like you know average to maybe slightly below average. But he's yeah. dependable. He, you know, he plays. He's not bad. You need, you've got to have a guy there that yeah. has you know a higher ceiling. And the, yeah, the, no, I agree. You know, um, I think I think I think. Um, I mean, I started doing a few mock drafts, and it, obviously, it's not. It's it's fun to do because you get to know who the players are. I think that's the main reason I do them, just to see, you know, who, where does this player play? What is his pros and strengths? Yeah, yeah. You know, pros and cons, and his strengths and weaknesses. I, I think it's it's a good way to do that, you know. Um, and there are a few linebackers that will look as though they're going to go at the end of the first, early second. But of course, that doesn't amount for the whole kind of run on quarterbacks or run on linebackers or run on cornerbacks or you know what I mean there's always a run and there's some trading up and down and um, I agree I think linebackers good there's a couple of safeties that might be there at the yeah. top of the second uh, there's more wide receivers uh, there's there's a lot of quarterbacks and running backs at the top of the second and again these mock draft simulators don't uh, take into account any potential trades or anything like that. Mm. Um, it's an interesting question, Stu, because I think that the second round pick will be a lot more interesting than the first round pick, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They could go, I mean, they could go in different ways than number one, but I I, I honestly don't think... Mm. I did one will. the other day where I took Burrow, number one. Yeah. And I took Jake from from Georgia at the top of round You're two. Doubling up. Well, you know, I thought you know, let's get two young geezers in, fight it out. Yeah. I think after what he showed last year, Ryan Finley's got a real uphill battle. Yeah. And obviously, we don't really know what we've got behind that. I, I think you can you can sign an experienced QB. You probably need in to. Free agency. I think cheap as chips. Yeah, and, I agree. I yeah. wouldn't seriously draft Jake, but I was like, you know, just he was sat there, and I thought, go on then. Double dip on the QB. I don't know. Yeah, it, they could go. I mean, of course, they could also trade down if they've got their eye on a player, a uh, particular player. Then they could trade down in the second round. Or trade well. up as well. Who knows, Nathan? Outrageous potential, son, isn't there? <sighs> oh, I get quite excited. Just like this bag of skips, mate, which is <laughs> rapidly disappearing. Mate, you need to you need to stop talking. Let me talk and take advantage <laughs> of the bag because at the moment, I'm, I'm like, every time you're speaking, I'm, you're I'm just getting digging in. There. in. Okay, Michael Smith at solid underscore handle. Solid handle. <laughs> Beg your pardon. What are your plans for the pod during the off-season and what obsolete chocolate bar would you bring back? Great question. Well, uh, well we're going to have a meet-up, um, a draft weekend meet-up up in Sheffield again uh, on the Saturday of the draft. I can't remember what date uh, that is off the top of my head, but we'll be speaking to... Captain Obvious, uh, Jeremy Conley, live from Las Vegas. And uh, one of our own flock, John, who's uh, living La Vida Loca, or Luca, living La Vida Luca, he's going to be out there. So we're going to talk to him. We're going to have like a live podcast record, and we've done that for the past two years, actually. And uh, so looking forward to that. And we will be uh, recording some episodes as and when, really, because... There's going to be some big news, I think. Well, there's going to be comings and goings this this 
this year. Um, well, this possibly off-season. one of the biggest off seasons ever. You just said that last yeah. off season with the transition from Marvin. Yeah, but yeah, but I think, I think this year yeah. possibly could even yeah. overcome that. Uh, in terms of the uh, obsolete chocolate bar, this will mean nothing to our American listeners, but I would bring back the applause bar. The what? Applause. Tell us more. Well, it was around in the 80s, I think, and I'm just Googling it because um, it had a layer of soft caramel with raisins and apple covered in milk. I don't remember the apple, to be honest with you. Bloody hell. Uh, okay, there's a, the son have done a, a thing. Okay, so uh, Britain's... Okay, oh, man, there's some good ones here. Oh, Brit- oh I, I might have to... Re- you right there, Sam? Yeah, I'm, I'm having a bit of a moment. Well, a cho- no, Jesus. chocolate moment. Sounds a bit rude. Um, the Sun have got the 10 extinct chocolate bars that Brits, Brits miss the most. Um, ca- uh, time Out. I do miss Time Out. I did like Time Out. Nah, yeah, I didn't rate Time Out. It's a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit of a tweener. But yeah. Dairy Milk Tasters. I can't even... They're like, a bit like Martinez. The tasters were solid balls of dairy milk chocolate in snack-sized bags. And this is the one that I really missed, Fuse. Do you remember the Fuse bar? No, 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 no. They stopped production back in 2006, so you must, you know, you were you were a grown man in 2006, weren't you? What, what is it, Fuse? i never heard of fuse. it, Fuse. Uh, it was uh, made up of milk chocolate, nuts, raisins, crisp cereal and fudge pieces. Oh, you like a bit of raisins, didn't yeah. you? You can still buy the bars in India. More interesting. India, very interesting. Mars Delight. Remember that one? No. Kit Kat Senses. Cadbury's mm. Dream. I had a dream about a white chocolate bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, right. I wasn't that. And Kit Kat Caramac. No, they're just like variants, though, aren't they? Yeah, Cadbury's Whisper Mint. So oh, that was no. Limited, I can't edition, stand a mint. And Mars applause, it is in there. So chock full of goodies, you'll pause for a fl- applause. <laughs> was the uh, <laughs> that one of your lines? Wasn't it? No, it's not. That's one of your lines, Joe Boy Burrow. Joe Boy Bollocks. Burrow, mate. Um, Two things I bring back that's not chocolate. That's on a sweet category. Go on. This is my favourite. And if go anyone on. could locate me a bag, hundred quid, I give them genuinely. Yeah. So you know, licorice all sorts. Yeah. They brought out back in sort of the early O's, the yeah. late sort of it, it ran for a while. Yeah. Fruit licorice all sorts. Did they? They were like fruit flavoured. Oh. Yeah, and they they stopped making them in like 2011. Yeah. Oh mate, I loved them. Did you? They were so good, fruit flavoured or licorice oh, okay. all sorts. Well, and listeners, if anybody out there can locate, hundred quid. If you can send me a bag. I'll send you hundred quid. Honestly. Um, the other one, yeah. I can't remember the name of them, but you might be able to... Polo manufactured them. Yeah. They were the strawberries and cream-flavoured ones. Yeah, but again, that's a variant of, of them. No, no they had mid- their own name. Oh, I don't know. Any listeners who oh, know that, please uh, please get in touch. What's that? Campino, that's the name. Campino? Campino, they're like boiled strawberry and cream-flavoured right. sweets. See, I'm they not really down with boiled mate. sweets. No, they were lovely. They were lovely okay. and sweet, and oh, I love them. Okay. Uh, Mike, not... I think we're getting t- dangerously too into that subject. Oh, mate. Beth Harcourt at B Harcourt. Hello, Beth. Happy New Year to you. Thoughts on Bill Callahan going to coach the Browns? Well, I'm not massively happy about it. If anybody... Uh, Captain Obvious ain't happy. You never hear him unhappy, but he was unhappy about that. He was, wasn't he? On Twitter, mm. Jeremy was very upset about that. Yeah, I think we, I think we held out hope that he was going to come 
and join his son at the Bengals. It just wasn't a position for him, really, was it? Well, there? They, were, they just weren't going to get rid of Turner. You've got were they? assistant head coach with Darren Simmons now. Yeah, that's that true. position is not available. And then, you know, the offensive line, I think Taylor and Jim Turner get along well. They've got respect there. They just yeah, wasn't. Yeah. The room there either, yeah. So it's a shame. Yeah, anybody else but the Browns? Anybody else but the Browns and the Steelers, really? Mm. And uh, he chose the Browns. That's going to make him better, though, isn't it? They might be all right next year, unfortunately. Yeah. So Still, whenever we... you've got a whole new coaching staff coming in, it takes some time. And I do think Mayfield's a bit of a. Yeah, him and Odell Beckham on the same team. You can't seriously. No. I don't, one of those two's got to go. Probably Beckham. Yeah, yeah. You see all his stuff in the LSU locker room. I mean, he. He's off I mean, head. that was fairly harmless, but I mean, well, comparing to Antonio Brown, the arse but... and handing out loads of money, it's just like it is such a, a ridiculous. Yeah, thing. it is it's ridiculous. Like, it's a stupid way. It was to fairly behave. harmless, but it was just... it's like Antonio Brown light. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, Jamie at Trek Quart Beaster, do you have your clothes on? Yes, we have, and the, but they will be coming off next month. That's we might do a Valentine's episode where oh. me and Nathan are going to be naked. Oh. <laughs> if you just start, skipped onto that part, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. you're like skipping through, bloody hell. Are we having a Super Bowl party? I don't know, are we? Are you having a Super Bowl party? Oh, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing for a Super Bowl. It's next, Sunday after next, isn't it? Yeah, I normally go down to my mates. Uh, it's a bit of a tradition, but there we go. Are we trading Nathan for a conditional seventh round pick? Slightly unkind now, I thought. Mate, I'm at least a second round pick. Oh, there, there we go. At least... Duncan Yeadon wants to have a word with you as well at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. What's the furthest north Nathan has ventured out of London? <laughs> it's been duly noted he's missed every northern meetup. Is it because we don't serve Shandy on tap or something else? <laughs> Thanks from the gobby northern community. Mate, I went up to Manchester. You did, that's fair. I did. Duncan didn't make the trip there. That's his problem, you know yeah. what I mean? Like... Uh, but you're not going to be around for this uh, draft. I'm either. not. Unfortunately, no. I'm. I'm just bad. I just don't like the north, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, I'm. No, I'm, I'm actually away in Italy. So um, for a while as well. Yes, I am. I'm going to be out there for in Italy for three months and in Slovenia for a month. So you recharge the batteries. Well, I'll be back by August. So we're back for the pre-season, son. So you don't. You you know, we'll only. I only miss a couple of episodes, and yeah. I realistically, I'm there. Like you call me, I'm there, son. There you go. You know, I'm there. Well, that's your lot for uh, episode 73. I hope you enjoyed listening to us ramble on about nothing much. We'll be back next week with our Super Bowl preview. Um, you can get hold of us and send us messages of disgust and Bags of mockery. Send us skips and send us what are those things that you wanted to send? The fruit, licorice, all sorts, the mate. The fruit, licorice, whatever you want to send us in the post, we'll be. Um, we will receive gratefully. Um, yeah, as I say, we've got a Super Bowl preview next week, uh, and then we're going to take a bit of a break for a while while everything winds down. We're going to crank it back up for our, for the draft, where we've got our draft coverage episodes. We'll have uh, the Bengals UK draft panel back. We've got Dave Lapham. He doesn't know it yet. I haven't asked him yet. Uh, <laughs> we've got Joe Goodbury again. Again, I haven't asked him yet. But, you know, it's the usual stuff. It's... it's uh, we like to take the draft seriously, obviously, and come at it from a slightly different angle because, you know, there's so much, uh, uh, so many analysts and analysis and so many names. So and much players. bollocks as well. But that's what I was getting to, really. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you'll find that informative again. Uh, but in the meantime, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.